between the life we see and the world we dream, there are stories when they are told. Nightmares become imagination. So please. <laughs> Thomas, you aren't. Hello to the guild. Who says 13 is so scary? Welcome to the Dim Light Anxiety Podcast. I'm your host, Giggles, and I just spent a spooktacular weekend at the Colorado Festival of Horror. I love visiting Denver, and to have a frightful weekend planned is always a bonus. I saw so many great movies and sneak previews. I dressed up and was complimented to the point of getting a small photo session with a professional photographer. Actually, I had him link those photos to my Instagram, so keep an eye out for it over there. I haven't seen him yet, but I'll let you know. (laughs) I also participated in a drawing elimination competition. I was knocked out in the first round, but I did compete against the girl who ended up going on to win, so you know, I can't be too mad. (laughs) Besides, I really only did it to meet some people and, you know, Make friends. (laughs) I passed out a bunch of patches and stickers while getting to meet some awesome actors, directors, and writers. So much fun, you guys. I would definitely recommend going if you get a chance. And I'm not sponsored in anything for this. I know I already have plans to go back next year. After, you know, practicing my rapid drawing skills. (laughs) I did talk to this one girl who's drawing with me. And we both agreed that there needs to be a writing competition like that. And we would slay it. (laughs) Anyway, after all of that, I still want to know, what's your story? From Campy to, this human bodysuit is too tight. (laughs) It is scary. I want to hear them all because your fucked up brains came up with them. Turns out, I've now learned from experience, we all have a bit of anxiety when the lights grow dim. Why not use that to spin a terror tale, then send it to dimlightanxiety at gmail.com. Now on to what the second sentence of this podcast, today's episode at least, was all about. This story was written by me. And I might have had some fun with it. (laughs) After all, it is Tuesday the 13th. Dun dun dun. Wait, you don't know the legend of Tuesday the 13th? That's a crying shame. Let's see. It all started with a girl. Submitted for the approval of the Guild with Dim Light Anxiety, I call this story The Tale of Tuesday the 13th. (laughs) How many times can we say Tuesday the 13th? (laughs) Tuesday the 13th! Kara was staring in class out the window. She could hear her teacher talking, but comprehending was far less important than watching the leaves falling off the trees. That's when she noticed a guy in the distance. He was wearing a black hoodie and dark sunglasses. 
The air seemed too cool just by looking at him. A girl passed him jogging, and Carr couldn't describe him or her, whoever it was, because there were no identifying features in the hooded person. Yet she shivered when he looked in the direction of the runner. That's when, barely visible, she saw the gleam of the sun bounce off the knife he was holding at his side. Before she could stop herself, Carr was out of her seat and screaming at the window as the nondescript male swung down into the runner. Blood stained the sidewalk as Carr broke into sobs. The rest of the class just turned and stared at her. What are you guys looking at? Someone needs to help her. Why are you all just sitting there? Blood sprayed and dripped off the black hoodie as he grabbed the jogger's ankles and dragged her behind him, her head bouncing off of each crack in the concrete. Her eyes, Kara was convinced, were staring right at her. Why isn't anyone doing anything? Have I gone crazy? Kara. She barely heard her teacher say through Kara's hysterics. Then again, but louder, Kara! Kara fell out of her seat, causing the class to break into hysterical laughter. She was asleep? She was asleep! She pretended to laugh as, as well and climbed back into her chair. She couldn't help herself, though. She looked out the window, and she saw leaves falling and that was it it was just a nightmare she soothed to herself but her tears still streamed down her face the look in those eyes as the girl's head bounced against the sidewalk still vividly burned in her memory Almost gorgeous. Just the final touch. Kara declared as she placed the halo on her head. She took a step back to analyze her chubby baby cherub costume. She loved that she didn't even need a fat suit to create the adorable roles of the perfect angel baby. With only a slash covering her boobs, she makes the last adjustments to her diaper turns to Nicole. All right, shot for the road and then we're out of here. Nicole wasn't one for dressing up and was still wearing her work clothes, claiming she was going as a disgruntled employee. Besides, it's not even Halloween. She thought it was ridiculous that they were dressing up at all for this made-up town holiday. Here's to seeing the night take us. Oh, wait. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> here's to seeing where the night takes us. Caro <laughs> proclaims as they clink them down their shot glasses. When is Ronnie and Richard getting here? I'm ready to get crazy. Too late, Nicole replied under her breath. The doorbell breaks the tension as Cara rushes to the sound. On her way down the stairs, she trips and somersaults down them instead, 
It causes so much ruckus, Richard went ahead and opened the door on his own to study the situation. He was wearing a scream costume, however, and after her nightmare earlier, Cara was sent into hysterical screams. Unable to calm her down, Richard placed his hand over Cara's mouth, which only caused Cara to lick his hand until he removed it. Gross, Richard explained while rubbing his hand on his own costume. What are you two even dressed as? Cara, right now you look like a pile of dirty laundry. Rude, ignoring you. I think we need another bottle. Cara smiled at Richard. I think you've already had enough, sweetie, he said while scooping Cara up and going in for the hug. Where's Ronnie? Cara pushes Richard and goes to look out the door. Isn't he with you? Nah. Richard reply, it's just us girls for now. He'll meet up with us later. You're not even a girl, you crazy dick. You're not even gay. Girl, check yourself. Nicole chimed in while grabbing the drink he just poured himself. You're a bitch, he rebutted, grabbing another glass and guarding it melodramatically. Don't you even think about taking this one. Get your own. Besides, the way you ladies treat me, I might as well prefer guys. Don't be such a quote-unquote nice guy, Dick. No one roots for that guy. Cara returned while gently patting his cheek only to emphasize her last statement with a playful, harmless slap. Richard went to poke her eyes only to have her put her hand up to block him. Cara swung her hand around to act like she bonked him on the head. He stepped back, acting like he was dizzy. It was an act they pretty obviously performed before. Since they were six, to be exact. <laughs> Stop knocking about you stooges. And down your drinks. It's time we made our grand entrance, Nicole announced to what she was imagined was a large crowd. Not the just the two recovering from their own goofball antics. The girls ran upstairs to get their purses while Richard focused on chugging as much as he could before they came back down. Starting on drink two, Richard heard a knock at the back door. Assuming Ronnie changed his mind about swinging by, he grabbed another beverage to offer his friend. Now double fisting, he awkwardly fumbles with the drinks and the doorknob to let Ronnie inside. The goal finally accomplished, Richard was too busy trying to save both the glasses to notice the knife go into his side. What the fuck, bro? I brought one for you, too. You made me drop him. That's when he felt all two inches slowly slip out of his gut. But before he could collapse, the masked assailant caught him then ran a blade across Richard's throat. The killer let the body fall to the ground to start dragging him under his limp arms. Unable to get a good grip, the killer lost their hold and momentum threw them into the muddy flower bed, the body landing on top of him.
covered in a pasty, slimy, mud and blood mixture. The masked murderer pulled and pushed the body until successfully out of view. The villain waited just beyond the tree line to make sure they left without finding their friend. He watched the girls as they searched the house and called out, Dick, where are you? We need you, Dick. When the murderer realized they weren't giving up, out of fear for being found, he frantically searched Richard's pockets for his phone. The killer paced back and forth. The girls already sent texts to question Wicks, Richard's whereabouts. And the killer looked up from the phone to see the girls looking out the window. He looked down and saw the trail of blood leading straight to him. Quickly, the killer typed out a message and hit send. Kara pulled out her phone to see. You bitches take too long. Try to catch up. The girls both looked up from the scream. Rude. Nicole scoffed. My girlfriend, Diana would never say shit like that to anyone. No wonder that lame ass doesn't get any. I bet he'll be a virgin to at least 40. Yeah, well, at least he will survive a teen slasher story. <laughs> Kara replied, almost crying from the humor. They both laugh, grab their jackets, and head to the party. They didn't see the killer in the black hoodie begin to follow them at a, um, mostly discreet distance. They were too busy singing along to the music blaring through their car speakers. The black hoodie slowly faded into the distance as the bicycle he was on couldn't keep up. But that's okay. He already knew where they were going. After all, he did have Richard's cell phone. <laughs> oh shit! The killer laughed until they hit some gravel and were thrown into more mud. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to stop. <laughs> that was too funny. Thrown into the mud again. <laughs> okay. Okay. Composure. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> The girls arrived to an already raging party. Kara grabbed Nicole's hand. Nicole looked at her questioningly. What? Kara asked defensively. Will DJ get jealous if she sees us? She's still coming, right? Diana won't be making it tonight. Lame. Well, then it's not a problem. And we won't get lost this way. Kara pulled Nicole through the party, making their way to the beverages. Almost there, they ran into a guy wearing a pair of devil horns. Really? This is the best you can do? Where did you even find these? Kara accused. What? I picked them up off the ground. I was feeling a bit impish. Ronnie said with a devilish smile as he pinched her butt. On that note, I'm going to finish making my way to get drinks, Nicole announced. Not that you care either way. I'm still mad at you. Stop, Kara teased as she swatted away his advances. 
You said you were going to meet me at my house. Well, let me make it up to you, Ronnie replied, then kissed her neck up to the ear and whispered, You want to see if there's an empty room upstairs? Nicole watched as the lovebirds ran up the stairs with no surprise, forgetting about her completely. Why are we even at this stupid party on a Tuesday? She questioned, mostly to herself, taking a long, deep drink from her red cup as a long-haired, spaced-out-looking guy dressed as a literal roach walked up to her. Dude, we always celebrate Tuesdays the 13th in honor of our, I mean, the witches that were burned alive in our, uh, town square, duh. Great. Now a burnout is educating me. This is fucking fantastic. Nicole replied, still mostly to herself. Going for a second gulp as the roach scurried off, another party-goer bumped into Nicole, causing her to dump the whole drink on her face. Fuming, she turned to the offensive person only for them to speak before she could. Hey, uh, sorry, I think you dropped this. They handed her a two-inch paring knife. Thanks, Nicole replied smiling grotesquely. Up in the room, Ronnie had just ran his hands gently up her back to release her from her top when they heard a knock at the door. Go away, we're busy, he yelled in response, but the knock came again and didn't stop until Ronnie started walking to the door screaming, what the fuck is your problem? Except when he opened the door, no one was there. He looked both ways down the hall, chose what he thought was most likely the escape of the knocker, then disappeared. Wait, don't just leave me here, Carr yelled after him, but he was already gone. Back downstairs, Nicole was still looking at the clumsy stranger with a plaster smile grabbed the scrawny guy by the wrist and pulled his arm around her shoulder. Thanks, sugar. I'm tired of waiting. Now's time for the party to really begin. She looked away from him, and as they ascended the staircase, she let her smile fall. Nicole opened the upstairs door to expose a half-naked Kara. Kara reached for cover and exclaimed, Nicole, what are you doing up here, and who's that? Oh, did you guys come up here to, um, get some privacy? What about DJ? Nicole pointed her knife at Carr, trying to sp explain. It's Diana, not DJ. Going on some diatribe rant that no one wants to listen to. When Carr bursts into laughter, her laughter became so hard that Nicole tried to talk but couldn't break the, the sound to be fucking heard. I'm serious, Nicole exclaimed, which only made Kara laugh harder. She started to hyperventilate. Nicole's face glowed beet red and she turned the knife to the arm she 
firmly held around her shoulders. She then dragged the knife down the stranger's wrist whilst directly staring at Kara. Blood gushed into Nicole's clothes and all over the floor like a water feature in an art museum. The laughter was replaced by screaming as Kara's face turned white, almost as white as the guy now lifelessly hanging from Nicole. Shut up! screamed Nicole, and the room dropped to silence. Do I have your attention now? It's always about you. You never seem to listen to me. Well, you're listening to me now, aren't you? Kara nodded and quietly asked, What did you do to Ronnie? Of course that's all you're worried about. Fine. Go ahead. Bring him in, Diana. I've told you so many times before I prefer DJ. DJ pleaded. Well, I don't, Nicole replied before she turned to see DJ standing there, covered from head to toe in blood and dirt. She even had a huge gash on her forehead. What the fuck happened to you? cried Nicole. It wasn't as easy killing that guy as you said it would be. I know. I wanted to take revenge for all these idiots celebrating the murders of my ancestors, but you have cheapened the whole sentiment. DJ accused as she shoved the handle of her knife into Ronnie's hand and thrusted the tiny blade at Nicole's face, taking back with it one of her eyeballs. He screamed like a little girl and dropped the knife. That's fine. All I needed were your clean prints. DJ picked up the knife and finished the job when Nicole's lifeless body slumped to the ground with blood. She took the knife in for one more stab to release the other eye. The couple was frozen in shock and continued to stare as DJ dropped the knife still holding the eyeball onto the ground, pulled her hood back up, and just walked into the crowd. Well, <laughs> I don't know whether to be scared or laugh my heart out at that story. I love taking the expected and adding a bit of humor to it. Bitches always be tripping over nothing. <laughs> anyway, you heard it too. What do you think? Was it scary enough? Or better question, can you do better? Can you scare the laughter out of me? Now for the details. Curious about what the fuck this podcast is about? Well, I guess I didn't do too good of explaining slash describing it to you. <laughs> so uh, you'll just have to visit the website. No, I'm not mad. Just disappointed. <laughs> just kidding. 
The website's great and has a lot covered that I don't have time to explain. Like the rules to submissions. But here's a hint. There aren't really many rules to submit. Just make sure it's your own work. <laughs> this week's writing prompt is inspired by all the things you would find yourself trapped with at the con. As the doors to the elevator began to close, a strange hand stopped them. My smile dropped because we were about to be trapped in the still coffin together. Use that as inspiration or the exact sentences in your next story. Then obviously send that story to me. You can find that on the website. Oh my god. I still haven't told you the website. I am off my game today, guys. Sorry. Well, at least that's easy. <laughs> it's just the name of the podcast with a .com at the end. That's dimlightanxiety.com. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please give the podcast a like and five-star review on Spotify, Google, Anchor, Apple, or any platform you use to listen to today's spookyish story. <laughs> Woo! That's finished. And I think I almost remember to say everything. <laughs> oh, but wait. What happened to our characters? Here's the wrap-up of this week's story to satisfy that need to know. Enjoy, if you dare. The police arrived at the scene not much later, based on an anonymous tip. Everything pointed to Ronnie despite Kara's testimony, which was dismissed because of her blood alcohol levels. No one has heard or seen DJ since. Ronnie's trial is today, and without proof of DJ's existence, the evidence seems stacked against him. On taking the stand, Ronnie winces as soon as he touches the Bible. He would have sworn an oath that DJ just walked out of the courtroom. She was still wearing that dirty black hoodie. All he could think was, Why hasn't she washed that yet? I declare this meeting of the Guild with Dim Light Anxiety closed. I hope you've got your evil laughter in today. <laughs> Until next week, creepy real! <laughs>